Have you ever thought about being on television? Or perhaps even producing your own television show? If so, for as little as $25 per episode, OTTU Media has the perfect place for you on one of our three television networks. For more information, click the link You on TV and find your niche on OTTU Media. That's OTTU.media. In our society, we're striving for a message from God. God's messages transcend age, gender, socioeconomic status, ethnicities, religious persuasions, political affiliations, and cultural restrictions that encourage and inspire people to become saved, delivered, and set free from the bond of sin, as well as, gain a closer relationship with God. This is God's Inputs for You with Evangelist. Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. If you know that God is a keeper, if you know God has kept you, let's give God some praise. Come on, let's give God glory in this house. Thank you, God. God kept you from last night to this morning. Thank you, God. God is a keeper. God is a way maker. God is a burden bearer. Yes, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gia. Hey, thank you, Gia. Hey, thank you, Gia. Hey, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. I'm trying to contain myself. Thank you, thank you. God is a keeper. And it excites me to know that God is a keeper. I couldn't keep myself. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, God, my, 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 my. He's a keeper. Hey, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Oh, God, he's a keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor, I thank you for this lovely opportunity to bring the word. Thank you, and Mother Tremel, I thank you for even recommending me, and I appreciate that lovely introduction. For I surely thank God for being here, and I thank God for Mr. Wonderful being in the house of praise on today. God, you're just such a great God. There's none like you nowhere. We can search high and low and find none like you. God, we thank you right now for being God all by yourself. God, I know that I can't do anything without you. So anoint me afresh right now to speak this word with clarity and power. That through the preached word, God, somebody's saved, somebody's delivered. Somebody's healed and somebody's set free. Oh, God, and we give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, thank God. Amen. You can have your seats. Uh, I, I, I tell you, God is just so good. I loved when the praise team was talking about there's no weapon formed against us. That shall prosper. That struck with me. There's no weapon. I don't care what happens. There's no weapon formed against us as saints of God that will prosper. It may form, 
but it won't accomplish what it was intended to do. And all of us in this sanctuary this morning and those of you viewing uh, virtually are either coming out of a trial, heading toward a trial, or you're in a trial right now. But the good news is, I have good news, I have good news. I'm a bearer of good news on this morning. The good news is that whatever trial you are going or up against, whatever trial you're going through right now, it's only a test. Oh yeah, it's only a test. Now that phrase is not just some picturesque piece of poetic rhetoric or just a simple cliche, because every single person, regardless of your race, your gender, your social economic status, your religious preference, or your uh, political affiliation, will have moments or seasons or, or, or times in our life when we will experience things that are unfavorable, misfortunate, unfortunate, Ooh, circumstances that are so devastating Ooh, till we don't know what to do. We don't know who to call on. We don't know where to go, but I have good news. I'm a bearer of good news because it's, come on, help me, only a test for these circumstances and things that we face today just set the premise for our testimony tomorrow because you have to go through the test to get the testimony come on somebody help me testify today it's only a test and through the pens of the divinely inspired writers of the word of God, we find there are various sources of tests that we face in our life. They come from different means. And sometimes the source of our test is ourselves. James said, when, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone, but each one he tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. And sometimes the source of our test is just living in this world. Just living in this world sometimes will, will test us. Just everyday life. It's not a trial. It's not anything. It's just life that tests us. My brother sent me a, a text message yesterday, and, and it said, life is the most difficult exam. It says, sometimes no one is testing us. Life is just hard, and it feels like a test. Life is the most difficult exam. Many people fail because they try to copy others, not realizing that everyone has a different examination paper. There's no two people 
in this life that will experience the same exams. Why? Because you were created on purpose for your purpose. You wasn't created for my purpose. We wasn't created for Mother Tremel's purpose. But everybody in here has our own individual purpose. Consequently, each one of us in here will go through our own examination. That's intended just for you. Sometimes, <laughs> we do have devastating tests from the devil. The devil can test us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Bible conveys, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. And I heard the praise team sing, he loses. They said, I got the victory. So it doesn't matter what the devil brings our way. As saints of God, no weapon. Woo, you should be excited right there. Woo. No weapon formed against the saints of God will prosper. And then the last one I want to deal with is sometimes God will test us. Yes, God may be the source of our test. However, too often when we are about we experience the tests of God, the various tests, whatever the source, we tend to approach them as though God is the one who's taking the exam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 God is the one who's trying to find out something about us. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. God doesn't have to take an examination about us. He created us. He knows the end to our beginning. So God isn't testing us for that. He knows the outcome of our test before we even take it. He created us and knows our character and he already knows our response. Therefore, when God tests us, woo, this is what I like, when God tests us, his test is designed to help us and others around us gauge or demonstrate our own character, our own love for God, our own trust towards God, and also to prove to us who he is. Oh, it's, come on, help me, only a test. I focus your attention to our focal scripture reference for today, and it's found in the 22nd chapter of Genesis. Genesis 22, commencing at the first verse. And I will tell you, this particular test was from God. It says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, 
Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. Now I want to tell you what uh, these things were that came to pass that got them to where they were. The passage of scripture happens after Abraham's name changed from Abram, which meant exalted father. It was changed from Abram to Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. For 25 years, Abram and Sarah trusted in God's promise. However, there is an interlude between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. So Abraham and Sarah, like many of us today, tried to help God. What the devil? What the devil? They tried to help God. <laughs> they tried to help the creator of all things, the giver of life, the promise keeper himself. Sarah suggests to Abraham, if, if you're going to have a son, you know, you need to do it now. Uh, just go on in to my, my servant, Hagar, and you can have this son. What the devil? See, that couldn't be me. Mr. Wonderful is not going nowhere. For when, you know, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Uh-uh, no, that wouldn't work for me. And Abram went along with it. And so Abram and Hagar have a son, and his name is Ishmael. But Ishmael is not the son that God promised. He's not the son of prophecy. For when Abraham was 75, God promised him that he would be the father of many nations. God waits until Abraham is 99 and Sarah is 90. Can you imagine that? Sarah was probably postmenopausal. Uh, her, her hot flashes were probably already over. She's 90. And so Sarah laughs. God asks, why is Sarah laughing? Is there anything too hard for God? Isn't that just like God? He shows up. He shows up and he keeps his promise, but he doesn't need any help. God waits until every opportunity for their continual assistance is done. There's no human assistance at that time that could have helped Sarah and he have a child. All they could do is depend on him. And he shows up to do what never could have been done without his help in the first place because God is the giver of life. And so Abraham and Sarah have the son of promise and they love him. And Abraham cherishes Isaac and Isaac is the son out of God's plan. He's the son of promise. 
He is the son of prophecy. He is the son of love. He is the love of Abraham. He's the son of the love of Abraham's life, Sarah. And he is the son of Abraham's old age. Then the Bible conveys, see, this is where ours picks up. God tested Abraham. He tested Abraham, the man, the man. He doesn't say that he tested Abraham's faith. It conveys God tested Abraham, which lets us know he wanted to know uh, that Abraham's head and his heart and his desires and his actions were in one. See, some of us, we say out of our mouth we love God, but our actions and our thoughts are somewhere else. God wanted Abraham, the man, the whole person, every part of him. So we find one of the rare moments in life where God tested Abraham. Now, when viewing the command from God's test, it seems utterly horrible to think that he would have to, I mean, it's incomprehensible for a man to be asked to sacrifice his son, let alone the son of promise. Notice how Abraham responded, though. He conveyed here, here am I. We have to be willing to go through our tests. And Abraham obeyed God immediately. God commanded him to act. And the very next day, early in the morning, Abraham got up and obeyed God. He was a kind of man who obeyed God even in difficult situations. And I heard a sermon, you know, I, I wondered how could he even do this? Oh yeah, we've been asked by God to do some things. And many of us have failed in the task because we thought it was too difficult. But here he's asked to, my sweet precious little darling, kill them? How was he able to do that? Well, I heard a sermon once that expressed the only way you can accomplish a task of this magnitude and the only way you can do the impossible is to believe God before you leave home. Yes, yes. You have to make up in your mind that God, I'm going to do it. I don't understand how you're going to work it out. I don't know how you're going to come through in this situation. I don't know how you're going to handle it, but I trust you, God. God, I know you're going to make a way. I know you're going to do it. I believe God for the impossible. God, you've always worked it out for me in the past. Look what he did for Abraham. He gave him a son of promise at the age of 90. He fulfilled his promise. So Abraham could catch hold of that faith. God has done things for you that when you get in the midst of your test, you should be able to look back on it and say, God did this for me. I know he will do it again. God tests us for, for two reasons primarily. First, it's an opportunity for God to prove himself to us. Now, if you watch television uh, from 1963 to to 1999, you heard this message more than once. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. The announcer would, would say, this is a test. 
Then a very annoying, unnerving sound would come across the television for those 60 seconds because there was only, back then, there was only really three major broadcasters, ABC, CBS, and NBC, and they were mandated, and they're still today mandated to run those tests. And so today, they still come on television, but when you get them, because there's like 400 channels on your you can flip, you don't have to listen to it. But back then, you had to listen to it. You listened all the way to the end. Because you wanted to get to, it might have happened in the middle of your favorite show. You listened all the way to the end. Now, at the end of the test, the announcer conveys, if this were an actual emergency, you would receive additional instructions. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. <laughs> Therefore, during the couple of days or weeks or hours or moments that you're going through, and God, you don't see God there. I heard you, uh, Evangelist Holmes. She said that the teacher is often quiet during the test. But if you don't see God step in, it's really not an emergency. Because God will step in and give you further instructions. <laughs> he will do it. Understand the situation you are going through. Are, 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 if it's an actual emergency, God himself will do it. I, I know it because I read it in the Bible. For Through the pens of the inspired and divinely inspired men of God, we find God has a perfect track record of stepping in when a true emergency comes in. For it was impossible for Moses to stretch forth a rod and a sea open. It was impossible for Joshua and the children of Israel to march around a wall and it fall flat. It was impossible for Gideon to start out with 32,000 people, end up with 300, and win a battle. It was impossible for three Hebrew boys to go into a furnace and not get burnt. It was impossible for David to take a slingshot to kill a giant that was nine foot, God, nine foot tall. Without God, those things would be impossible. Thank you. For when God shows up, see, there was emergency situations. You get in the fire, it's an emergency. A giant arises in your life, it's an emergency. And then God will show up. God shows up and the Red Sea opens. Jericho's walls fall flat. I wish I had somebody in here who could help me testify. The Hebrew boys come out of the fire and they don't look like, smell like, talk like. They was even in a furnace. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, God, thank you. David slays Goliath with the little pebble because he hit him with the pebble and was able to cut his head off because of God. Oh, God, thank you. Gideon routes the Midianites because when God assists us in our emergent situations, that makes a difference. Yes, saints of God, it's, come on, help me, only a test. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. It's only a test. I thank you. It's only a test. Oh, God. Oh, God tests us is because it's an opportunity for us to mature. When God tests us, it's an opportunity for us to mature. 
thank you, Jesus, and to prove to ourselves who we are. See, when we, it's when we go through a test that we find out who we really are. God already knows who we are, but see, we have to know who we are. And the way that we find out who we are is through a test. From reading that focal passage of scripture, we find that Abraham had no clue of how God was going to work out the situation. But Abraham believed God. He took him at his word. He had the right character to go through that test. For at 99, God showed him he was a promise keeper. So Abraham told Isaac, come on, go with me. He was on his way to make a great sacrifice. He was going to give up the only thing that he had been waiting for and promised 99 years. What do you need to give up? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to give up? Listen, God will never give back to you what you're not ready to give up for him. Because you might think you can't give this up. You just have to have it. It's just too great. It's too expensive. It's too lovely. I just cherish it too much. I don't want to give it up. It's too important. It's too big. But when you have faith in God and trust his plan for your life, you have to declare that I'm God's child. And I have to follow God's voice. No matter what it costs me, I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm not saying it's going to be easy because sometimes the tests and trials are very hard. They'll hurt you to the core. You have some sleepless nights, some lonely nights, some crying into your pillow. But God wants you to know today the good news is... (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, I know God is good. But when you get to the other side of your test, you will have a testimony that I believed God. Because until you give it up, he can't trust you to give it back. And when he gives it back, he will give you more than you had. Oh, yeah, yeah, ask Job. Ask Job. Ask Job. Talk to Job. I call him up. If you called him up right now, he would tell you everything I had was taken. Everything. My kids, my belongings, everything was taken from me. My friends came over and gave me some very bad advice. Very bad advice. Had me thinking I did something wrong, questioning who I am. But if you keep reading, Job got double. Woo, God, thank you. When you give it up to God, God will work it out for your good. I said, God will work it out for your good. Listen, if God closes a door, he'll open another one. And if he doesn't open another one, he'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings upon blessings of blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have to make up in our minds, whatever God needs us to do, I'll do it. Whatever God wants me to do, I'll do it. Wherever God wants me to go, God, here I am. Send me, I'll go. Listen, one of the most intriguing aspects of the entire chapter is that Isaac 
not only Abraham obeys, but Isaac obeys. There is no scripture that denotes that Isaac ever rebelled. Isaac carried the wood that would take his life. Isaac carried the burden that he would die on. Isaac put on his shoulder the wood that he would be sacrificed with. My God, today, that reminds me of Jesus. Isaac takes the wood for the burnt offering, and he says to his father, I see the wood. I see the fire. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham says, God will provide. Sometimes you see the situation. It's difficult. It's hard. God will provide. My God, I feel like running around this building. Thank you. But when you can't see your way, when you can't see the answer, oh God, when you don't know how things are going to turn out, I have some good news. Oh God, thank you. It's only a test. God will provide the provision to complete your test for sex. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Is there anyone in here who knows God? Is Jehovah Jireh my provider? Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Has God ever healed anybody in here? Has God ever made a way? Thank you. Has God ever kept your mind? Has God ever did it for you? Oh, God, thank you. Help me testify today. It's only a test. Oh, God, thank you. He, he'll make a way. Oh, God, let me calm myself now. Because I feel the spirit of God moving on. Some of you in here on today have things you're going through. God's going to make a way. I prophesy today. God will open the door. Oh, God. God will heal the body. God will rebuke death. God will make your enemies behave. You will not be the head. You will not be the tail. I mean, you will be the head. You won't live frustrated. God, thank you. Oh, God, thank you. Pastor, it's, it's only a test. Thank you, God. Woo. Listen, here's how Abraham proceeds. He takes that knife. And he's ready to come down to kill his only son. He got, thank you. And when God allows Abraham to realize who he is, he realized, Abraham realized in that moment, nothing is more important to me than God. Nothing is more important to me than God. That's when, he God, thank you, Jesus, God allows Abraham and Isaac to know God's faithfulness. 
See, he recognized who he was, Abraham did, and then they recognized God's faithfulness because the angel says God demonstrates the faithfulness every time we exercise our faith. Oh, God, thank you. See, some of you are waiting for God to do something faithful, but you have to exercise your faith. You haven't done anything that is God's size. For when you do little things that you can solve, then God doesn't have to get in it. However, when you do big stuff that no one but God can do, God will give you further instructions. Because it's only a test. Oh, God. He's a promise keeper. He's a way maker. He's light in the darkness. He's a burden bearer. Thank you, Jesus. There's nobody like God but God. Abraham is about to kill Isaac and, and proves that he trusts God. His faith was vindicated. He passed the examination successfully, flying colors 100%. And God proved, provided a ram in the thicket. And the ram caught in the thicket. Listen, listen, listen. I want you to get this because what's going on in this particular situation, for as they walked up the mountain, on the way up the mountain, on the one side of the mountain was pain, but coming up on the other side is provision. On the one side of the mountain is heartache, but on the other side is healing. On the one side of the mountain is grief, but on the other side is glory. On the one side of the mountain is sorrow, but on the other side is salvation. On the other side, God made a way because... Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You know how we feel during a test. Bring your pain and God will show up with healing. Bring your need and God will show up with provision. Bring your sickness and God will show up with healing. Bring your brokenness and God will show up with love. But the ram can only be provided when Abraham needs it. When you need it. When you need God, he will provide. God will show up. He won't show up in your situation just to be showing up. He shows up when you don't have the capacity to do it. When you don't have the resources to do it, he's going to show up. You can't do anything about it. You cannot handle it. Then God shows up through God and does what only God can do. You think medicine healed you? No, it was God. You think you got the job on your own? No, it was God, the favor of God. You think you got the new home? No, no, no. It was the favor of God. It's only a test. Abraham was a great saint, called upon to make a great sacrifice with Isaac, a great son. But the ram in the thicket represents for us a great substitute. God is not going to allow us to do for him what he is not willing to do for us. 
he couldn't allow him to sacrifice his son because he knew, God knew that he was sending his son to be the sacrifice. God knew that 42 generations from Abraham, Mary was going to have a baby. God, thank you, thank you. Born in Bethlehem of Judea to a young girl named Mary. He was born in Bethlehem, reared in Nazareth, baptized in the Jordan River, performed miracles in the desert place. He healed the sick, made the lame walk, gave sight to the blind, made deaf men to hear, cast demons out of the possessed, and he went to Peter's house. Healed Peter's mother-in-law. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And then he was walking in uh, 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 Jaira asked, said, Jesus, uh, 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 if you come to my house, uh, uh, I, I know my daughter will be healed. healed. She'll, heal, she'll be healed. She'll be healed. So Jesus said, okay, I'll go with you. And on the way there, there was a woman that had an issue of blood. She went to every doctor and couldn't be resolved. But she touched the hem of God's. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And the Bible says immediately, 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 the issue ceased. Immediately, God will cease your issue. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, God, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He died for the sins of the whole world. Listen, if... We as a human race needed money, God would have sent us an economist. If we as a human race, you know, to save us, if we needed someone to uh, give us knowledge, he would have sent us somebody who is very intelligent. But we were a human race that needed salvation. So God sent his son. God sent the Savior, and the Savior is Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you. He died on an old rugged cross. He died for the liar. He died for the backbiter. He died for the homemonger. He died for the fornicator. He died for the crackhead. That's the kind of God we have. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The psalmist conveyed, what can wash away my sins. And then they come back and say, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. It's the blood of Jesus that heals. It's the blood of Jesus that delivers. It's the blood of Jesus that sets free. But I'm so glad, oh God, that Jesus didn't just stay in the grave. For the Bible, the Bible says that on the third day, Jesus got up from the grave. Thank you, God. He got up from the grave with all power in his hands. Power to keep you from falling. Power to present you faultless before the presence of God. Power to keep you from doing what you don't need to do. Thank you, Jesus. He got up with all power in his hand. Power to wring the stain out of death. Power to wring victory from the grave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And because he lives, because he lives, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all 
my sins are set free. Because he lives, I know what I go through in life is just a test. Because he lives, I have somebody who can help me. Because he lives, I have somebody who can keep me. Because he lives, when I call on him, he's a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, clap your hands. I'm finished. I ask you to stand all over the building. Stand all over the building, please. Just stand all over the building. It's only a test. When you're going through difficulties on this week, remember it's only a test. When they're acting crazy at work, it's only. When your children act like they've lost their mind, if your Mr. or Miss Wonderful just cuts a plum fool in the house, when your resources, your money seems like it's not gonna make it to the end, And I have good news, because in emergency situations, <laughs> oh God, thank you, God's going to step in and work it out. If there's someone here that doesn't know God, you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, today is the day for salvation. If you want the covering to know that it's just a test and that no weapon formed against you will prosper, you have to be saved. And so today I offer Christ to you. I offer the opportunity to be adopted in the royal family of God, put under the sovereign protection of the great protector, given the ability to have comfort from the God of all comfort, and that's Jesus. So if you're not saved today and you're viewing or you're even here, I ask you to repeat after me. God, I realize that I am a sinner. Forgive me of everything that I've done that goes against your word. Wash me, God. Cleanse me, God. Creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit on the inside of me. And thank you, God, because I believe that Jesus is your son, that he died and rose again. Thank you, God. And I thank you for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, you're saved. And those viewing, I ask you to get into a Bible-believing church like the House of Praise, 592 Peaches Mill Road, where our pastor is Pastor Kenneth Lavelle. We will love you and we'll help you. We will walk with you. Now, I'm going to pray for those of us in here that are being tested. Gracious God, in the name of Jesus, before we call, you already knew that we were going to seek you today. 
We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to live up to your word. Keep your promise. Oh, God, be with us. Watch over us. Gird us up in the middle of our test. In the name of Jesus, give us strength to endure hardness like a good soldier. We cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. Thank you, God, you care for us. God, meet our needs on today. In the name of Jesus, touch our mind and give us the ability to endure whatever it is that we're going through. Because, God, we know that we can have peace in the midst of the storm. Give us peace in the midst of this adversity. In the name of Jesus, peace, God. In the name of Jesus, give us peace. For we realize that adversity isn't the absence of peace, but it's our ability to deal with our adversity through Christ. And we thank you now. We thank Have you ever thought about being on television or perhaps even producing your own television show? If so, for as little as $25 per episode, OTTU Media has the perfect place for you on one of our three television networks. For more information, click the link You on TV and find your niche on OTTU Media. That's OTTU.media. Thank you for listening to God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. Tune in next time with Dr. Westbrooks about God's Word for Your Life. God's Inputs for You is copyrighted by Dr. Sharon Westbrooks Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.